Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? I'm good, Adam. I am uh, currently nursing a uh, gauze wrap around my left foot right now, and it is quite uncomfortable. But here I am, here to do the show. I am uh, do- I'm doing this quite heavily bandaged. Call me... Uh, Call me a modern day NHLer instead of a major league pitcher who'd go on the DIL for a uh, for a fucking blister. Here I am. Well, if it's on your throwing hand, I feel like it would be harder to throw the ball if you have a blister. I'll just pop the fucking thing. Oh, not just gross. pop it. Fucking cares. Yeah, Name my a better foot. duo: Ed Birdsall and leg injuries. And it's my it's my left. It's my left. It's not it's not even my right. My right is the one that's really bad, but yeah, this is, this is, this is the good side. This is the good side. That's taken. That's taken a bit of a blow. I have no idea what happened either. So before you even ask it, I have no idea. Honestly, with that sort of stuff, like sometimes you don't either, you know, specifically, or you just don't, you absolutely don't. All I know is I was walking in my kitchen, letting, uh, letting Miss Abigail out. And I just felt a pain in my foot. Thought nothing of it kept walking around for about maybe 60 seconds or more. Um, looked down, saw blood, figured maybe, oh, maybe the dog was bleeding, hence why she wanted to go outside. Checked the dog, did not see anything, and kept on walking around and then realized when I was in a puddle of my own blood that it was me. So there we go. It's very casual. Oh, that entire sequence sounds very casual. Oh, I, I guess I must be bleeding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are we gonna do? Bitch, bitch, cry, moan about it. You know, I Freak. still have. I don't know. I still have like every time I twist my ankle at some like even a little bit, I still think back to I, I twist my ankle really, really, really bad in third grade. And I still kind of attribute every time I twist my ankle to that to that injury because I was in so much pain. I tried to do a spin jump off of it off of a picnic table in third grade, and it did not go well for me. I could barely walk to the bus. Have you we learned your lesson? We were, <laughs> yes, we were. Yeah, we were on a field trip. It was a Friday too. We were on a field trip, and so I tried to do the spin jump, this uh, spin jump off the picnic table. I twisted my ankle, and I could literally barely walk to the bus. I was supposed to play baseball that day couldn't do that i was basically sitting on my couch elevated with an ice pack on my ankle for the entire night adam talk to my knees about trauma <laughs> i'm just saying i know this is not the this is not the oppression olympics oh no 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 this is this is third third grade adam with the inability to uh put any weight on his ankle that, that sounds very very traumatic well it was because you if tried I can to remember, be, uh, if I can remember it so vividly, you tried to be uh, Gabby Douglas on the uh, on the playground. Well, not exactly, because we're aren't we like the same age? I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm not quite sure. I was just relating to uh, the uh, the twists and the turns that that Gabby Douglas happens to do better than you or I. Well, yeah, way better than you or I. I'll I'll, I'll add even more emphasis on that well nobody's saying that nobody's saying anything to the contrary i would hope not i would hope not if there's someone out there that thinks they can uh, best gabby douglas i would love 
love to see you try. Because I've played as much, I've played more downs of organized football than I have done anything gymnastics wise. Is it the same number? It's the same number, actually. <laughs> Zero. Tackle football, anyway. I've played flag football, but that's, yeah, no. I've played zero downs of organized tackle football, one practice in high school, but that's beside, that's a story for a different day. Uh, the, the the turkey bowl days, oh, those are good days. Those are good days. You'd come home, you'd, come home, you'd be filthy. You'd want to just hop into the shower at 11.30 so you could be in front of the TV for the 12 o'clock kickoffs. Then it's like, ah, oh, shit, you have to go to family or have to host family. Yeah, those 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 were the days. Those were the days. I can't do that anymore because my knees are fucking fried. I can't do that. I'm too old for that crap. Yeah. Well, my football experience was basically me on a whim saying, you know, me junior in high school or sophomore in high school, I think at the time, Adam Caster, I'm going to go and try out for the football team. What's the worst that can happen? What was the worst that happened? Well, no, no, nothing, nothing terrible happened. I actually knocked a kid over that was like twice my size. Wow. Yeah. Uh, how was, was how was your how was your running form? It was not good. I, I could envision when you when you run, you being like a uh, you being a foot dragger. I could I could see that. See, the thing is, I realized the hierarchy and the way that they, that they decide positions in high school football. It's if you add any sort of coordination, you were a skill position player. And then if you didn't, then you played on the line. Correct. So Correct. that's bang on. I'm sure you can guess where I was put. Uh, you were on the line. Yes. You were on the line. That makes perfect sense. And I would say that any offensive line or defensive line scout would just marvel at your footwork. Yeah. They'd be showing that to their students for generations. Mm, not really. Eh, maybe, maybe they would. It wasn't even padded either. So it was just like a regular, it was like a tryout or like a workout. Yeah. It was your, it was your dip your toes and see if you like it sort of thing. Yeah. Some games this weekend, Adam. I know every single game was drunk. Who would have thought every last game was drunk. Yes. Yep. Saturday, Saturday was a disgrace. I, I still find it very hard to believe that I dedicated six hours of my life to watching that level of just horrific football. Well, uh, maybe 50 minutes of bad football. The last 10 minutes of the uh, Bengals Titans game was, was, was quite good. was quite good. And then, and then Sunday and then Sunday, I haul oh my good Jesus. That Rams game took years off of my life. Uh, that Rams game. I mean, I, I I had no money on that Rams Bucks game. I had nothing on it, so I I was able to sit back and like relax because honestly, I didn't like anything with that game. So I was just like, I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna chill here. That Bills Chiefs game. I had a lot of money on it. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still do hope that they change over time. Um, they probably won't. Probably won't. Should they? Yeah. Yeah, they should. Will they? Again, probably not. But 
but thankful for, I'm thankful for overtime because I had in a parlay, I had Chiefs cover, which I got it plus money. So that hit. I had Patrick Mahomes over 274. That no over 299. Sorry. That hit. Josh Allen over 274. That hit. And the only thing that was missing was a Travis Kelsey touchdown. And you think that Travis Kelsey would have caught a touchdown, didn't like was it, it wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have waited till the end of the game, the game winning play. No, no, I did not think so. But let me tell you, when it did happen, I screamed and jumped around my house like a little five year old. Yeah, like a five year old on Christmas morning. It, it magical scenes, magical scenes. The one thing before we go into running backs, because we do have to talk about uh, running back reflections. I almost thought this was going to be titled running back regrets because a lot of these are running back regrets. <laughs> a lot of them are. A lot of or them are, maybe yeah, but they're running back revisionist history. Well, before, before we get into the running backs, I, I do want, I do want to share something that I, that I discovered today. So I was on, I was on another program today and we were discussing, um, we we're discussing the, the games. And as a result of the uh, Chiefs Bills game, of course, Gabriel Davis did what Gabriel Davis did. Adam, take a guess. Just take, take, a, take a guess. Where do you think Gabriel Davis is going right now in live mock drafts? Just take a guess. I'm going to say he's going in the third or fourth round. He's going in round five. Oh boy. Diabolical. Talk about a reactionary industry that we work in. I mean, holy shit. Round five. I mean, Gabriel Davis has been a, is it a hot take to say that Gabriel Davis has been a better receiver? this season consistently than Stefan Diggs. Uh, that Bills. is absolutely, that is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. That is absolutely <laughs> asinine. What I will say is Gabriel Davis is going to be one of the most popular sleeper picks on the planet going into next season. That is for damn sure. Is he, should he be going in round five? No, absolutely not. I'll give you this little tidbit too. This is what I was doing in my, uh, in my research um, that, in the last three games, the last three games for Gabriel Davis that he has played, he has scored the same amount of touchdowns as CeeDee Lamb has all year. Seven. Seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same amount of CeeDee Lamb all year. Absolutely ridiculous. That is that is even a thing. So I don't know. I don't know if that's you know good ups on Gabriel Davis or if that's what the fuck is Dallas doing? Why are you not giving CeeDee Lamb the fucking ball? Granted, it didn't help that CeeDee Lamb was playing with Dak Prescott, who was clearly hurt the second half of the year and was not at his at his best. Yeah. And it also helps when Gabriel Davis has the greatest thing on the planet in Josh Allen. Well, okay. Looking at the numbers, my takes are my take was a bit wrong, not even very hot. wrong, very, very wrong. wrong, very wrong. 
But I think that Gabriel Davis's production, I mean, look at Stefan Diggs, look at his numbers from Kansas, from that chiefs game. They were trying to take him out of the game. They succeeded. They did. They succeeded. And so when that happens, Josh Allen threw to Gabriel Davis and that's about it. And he's polished too. Like I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit. Like, I think this is the first time. I mean, those I, right, that route that he ran for one of those touchdowns. Oh my God. The last one. It was the last the one. The last one. Yeah. With 13 seconds left. Like, oh my life. That, that is an unbelievable route. And he, he's truly, he's a good receiver. He's a really good receiver. He has everything that Josh Allen likes in, in, in red zone targets at the very least. Big bodied, strong, can go up and win those 50 50 balls, is a polished route runner. So he's going to be the guy that I'm sure you're going to see a lot of and in, in big plays next year for, uh, for Buffalo. But again, you know, I'm not going to be taking him in round five when you have Amon Ross St. Brown, who's being drafted in round 10. Like, why is there such a difference in Amon Ross St. Brown and Gabriel Davis when Amon Ross St. Brown was more consistent at the end of the year than Gabriel Davis was? But people can remember the seven touchdowns in three games from, from Gabriel Davis when Amon R. St. Brown was double digit targets all of his last six games, was 100 yards or more, and I believe four of six, if not five of six, and was scoring touchdowns. And is the number one guy, is, is the number one receiver in, in Detroit. I literally I, I opened my mouth and I was about to say that those exact words. Like he is the number one receiver in Detroit. Gabriel Davis is still a number two, number three. I, I, yes, I would say that he's a number two, number three. It, at best, at best. Whereas Abonro St. Brown, yeah, he's got a good time with targets with TJ Hawkinson and, and DeAndre Swift, but they like him. They like him a lot, and they're going to give him the opportunity to make plays. So I don't know why there's such a difference between Abonro St. Brown and Gabriel Davis right now. I I I, I don't know, but that's – that's for the receiver show. We're on running backs, but I just, I had to share that because yes. I found that extra, extremely fascinating. Well, what I was going to say about like, like what seems like 20 minutes ago was about overtime because I wanted to talk, provide one point or suggestion about overtime. I think that it doesn't make any sense to have it end on a touchdown. Like if the, if the team who wins the coin toss scores touchdown, then overtime should be over. That doesn't make any sense. It me. makes absolutely no sense. Because, yes, it is hard to score a touchdown. I understand that. But also, you know, it's, it's arbitrary to have it just be, oh, yeah, well, a field goal, you can give the ball back. But if you score a touchdown or get a safety, then – then the game is over. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah. Like, really, the difficulty is after scoring a touchdown, scoring another touchdown uh, with the time remaining in overtime, in the regular season anyway, to try and avoid either losing or, you know, maybe you'd see more ties if uh, the touchdown rule was not a thing. But I don't know. I but it would make for more exciting finishes in the playoffs. Or you do it the college way. Or do you do it the college, college way. way. Start them at the 20-yard line. They get four downs. You go from there. And everyone loves college football overtime. They love it. Myself included. Yeah. Well, as long as they don't do the thing that college football does where after four 
or no, after three now, they go into two point conversions. It's after three. Yeah, after three. That that one I don't mind as much. I don't mind that one. But I, I, I see the downside to it. I think an NFL game that goes to seven overtimes, you're going to have people looking like uh, like um, Kellen Winslow after that playoff game in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, hey, the overtime rule has to change, plain and simple. And, I mean, if there's, I don't think they're going to do a complete, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Overhaul. Um, seismic damn. overhaul. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't even think they're going to change anything, quite frankly. Well, I mean, they had to fight so hard to get this system from, yeah. from just plain sudden death. Correct. Correct. And now, I mean, people are pointing to now, they're looking at the Chiefs. When the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, they put an appeal for this rule to be changed. It didn't change. Now the Chiefs benefited from it. So it's like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to win some, you're going to lose some. It's just unfortunate that that such a great game like that ended with overtime. And, and I, I'll, I'll be completely honest. If those last two minutes didn't happen, I don't think anybody is talking about this. I really don't. Well, yeah, I mean, if the game doesn't go to well, if the game doesn't go to overtime anyway, well, if then... there isn't if there isn't this back forth, back forth, back forth, then I don't think anybody is really talking about it that much. Yeah. I think sudden death overtime only works in sports where it is hard, legitimately, incredibly hard and rare to score, like soccer and hockey. Sure. But for sports where it's relatively easy, especially now in the NFL and the world that we live in, as Greg Kaplan would say, we live in a world where it's very easy to score in the NFL. It is. And it is. Especially in the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And even in baseball, both teams get a shot to score in extras. Sure. sure. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. No, I agree. For football to be the way that it is with overtime. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, o- overtime, overtime, we get truly great moments. I mean, just look at this year in college football. You had Illinois and Penn State, nine yeah. overtimes. I mean, it wasn't like it was very incompetent overtime. overtime. It was sloppy. Just... It was sloppy, but it was still, I mean, you had everybody in the country. That turned on overtime at OT number five. When, I know. When, when ESPN and Bleacher Report were sending out their 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 uh, their push notifications about, oh, tune into Fox right now to see Illinois and Penn State in fifth overtime. You had everyone in the fucking country that was watching college football at that moment flip over, oh, channel five, boop, and turn and turn on Fox. Yeah, I mean, and the craziness that was the LSU Texas A&M game. Sure, sure. Even even Monday night, even Monday night um, in college baseball, when you had Kansas and Texas Tech going to double overtime. Yeah. And even crazy moments in in hockey, we have like, uh, I mean, why is it when I think of overtime games in hockey, I think of that game. Why do you think of that game? Think of Derek Stepan against the Capitals. That's true. I will. I will. Thank That's you. the one you think of. Thank you. You, you don't think you don't think of of that game. You don't think of that game. The the, the source of my hatred for 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 Doc Emmerich. 
I'm not thinking of it anymore. He loved it. He loved it. He I loved know. it just as much as that other game where that center for the uh, the T that's in the state tour in our South or in my South, formerly in your South. I'm like Arizona. <laughs> no, 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 no. In where you're where you are from, the state that is in our South. When they scored against us to move on to the Stanley Cup final, I've never seen Doc Emmerich so happy in my life. Well, he used to work for them. I know, and he loathes the New York Rangers. Hey, Adam. He does. New York Rangers first place, first place in Metropolitan. Tell tell everyone, tell everyone, get it on the presses. Yeah. So I I also well, before we go on to the running backs, promise last thing. I had money on that Rangers game too. I had I had Chris Kreider anytime goal score hit in the first period. I had the total amount of goals under six and a half hit and then i just had rangers money line so you could you can tell that during that shootout i was shitting a brick and let's let's just say there was a lot of money involved that actually managed to uh, to come my way so to the new york rangers thank you so much i hate you because no game with you can ever be easy but i love you I thought, another, Jacob Chitron. I thought of another fun overtime game for the Rangers. Marion Gabrick. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. That was 2012. That was 10 years ago. I know. Well, I didn't think of it. I was looking it up. And Holy shit. I saw Marion Gabrick triple overtime. That was 10 years ago. I know. Fuck. I'm old. I know. Shit. Well, oh, I was, I actually watched, speaking of the Rangers in the weekend, I was watching that game, the Rangers Coyotes. That game was nonsense. Drunk. The, th- the theme game, of the weekend. The theme of the weekend. Everything was drunk. Sports were drunk. Sports were drunk. Today, sports are drunk. How is Barry Bonds not in the goddamn Hall of Fame? A fucking disgrace. Because he's a cheater. He, a fucking disgrace. That is the best baseball player of all time. And he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame because the baseball writers of America are stuck in the 1920s. Fuck off. See, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with David Ortiz being in the Hall of Fame because he's like a known cheater, even though he didn't he never tested positive. Yes, exactly. We, we talked about this on the Basement Talk podcast. I don't I, I forget when, but Jake made an excellent, excellent compromise that I think you can absolutely agree with, and I agree with it. They, Bonds, Clemens, McGuire, Sosa, Rodriguez, they should all be in the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. Just make a separate wing of the Hall of Fame that is the steroid slash drug era. So put an asterisk next to them. Make it known that yeah, they use steroids. They juiced up, but they are in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens dominated a, per- a period of baseball in the 90s. He was the best pitcher in baseball by a million miles. Barry Bonds is the best power hitter and probably best player that Major League Baseball has ever seen. Alex Rodriguez is a near 700 home run hitter, 14-time All-Star, World Series champion, one of the best all-around players that the game has ever seen. They're not going to get into the Hall of Fame. That's a fucking joke. A absolute joke. 
And but it's it's the writers. I'm not surprised. Cavemen era writers. I don't know. I can kind of see both sides to it, but that's that's not what that's not why we're here. No, we're we're going to talk about this on the uh, on the Basic Talk podcast, uh, Jake and I. So that is uh, that is going to be one that I am sure we are just going to have. We're we're going to agree I want to be on, on that. I want, I want to be on that too. Oh, perfect! You can come on and, and and you could give your side for for why it's wrong, and then have Jake and I lambast you. Uh, maybe I don't want to be on this. You may want to be on it. You may not want to be because Jake and I are on the same side on this one. Okay. Up to you. Up to you. Okay. you if you want to face, if you want to face the music, the invitation is out there. Face the music. I mean, they are cheaters. They did. They did cheat. They did something wrong. They, yeah, they did people. something wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, are we going to dis- are we going to discount how good Alex Rodriguez was when he was at the Mariners and the Rangers? Are we going to discount how good Clemens was with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays? Are we going to discredit how good Bonds was with the Pirates? No. No, absolutely not. No well, way. we're not, but we're saying, yeah, they were really good, but they cheated. Yeah, and that's why you build a separate wing in the Hall of Fame with the amount of money that is put into Cooperstown of steroid users. Done. You get them in the Hall of Fame because they deserve it, especially Barry Bonds. Like, if you don't want Kurt Schilling in there, fine. I get it. If you don't want Clemens in there, Okay, fine. Even though I think Clemens deserves to be in there, you don't well, want Kurt a lot in there. Steroids. He... Kurt Schilling was just is just a prick. Kurt Schilling is a prick. Yeah, yeah. You can't vocal, be in the. You can't. Prick. You can't be uh, disbarred from the Hall of Fame because you're a prick. Because then fair. no. Because then Ty Cobb wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, fair. Pete Pete Rose reinstate him back into baseball. That that that's still that's just that's one that does not make any fucking sense. But how Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame. And we're still trying to allow Pete Rose to uh, get back to a fucking baseball game is a disgrace. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gary Bud Selig ruined the game of baseball. Anyway. Yeah. So running back regrets, running back reflections, running back regrets, regrets, running back revisionist history, whatever you want to call this. It can it it goes by many names. It does. It does. But there were a lot of running back regrets this year. Oh yes, there were. You you could probably make a case that the entire running back lobby is just regret after regret after regret after regret. Yeah, I mean, well, except for people that drafted Jonathan Taylor. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, though, he was drafted, um, according to my data that I have here, Jonathan Taylor was being drafted as the RB10. So, yeah, if you, if you got him back into the first round, congratulations. You are uh, you are very, 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 very smart. And Austin Eckler in PPR. Yeah, and Austin Eckler in PPR, who was going in that, sa- in that same range as uh as jonathan taylor as well because i know i was in i was in a draft where i had the opportunity to take eckler and jonathan taylor but outside of that it was it was bad it was bad i mean i'll just go through the top 10 go through the top 10 right now i was gonna do the same thing yeah Yeah. look at us we're just telepathically connected adam uh christian mccaffrey hurt alvin kamara Eh. Eh. barkley hurt and ineffective dalvin cook Checkmark. Good. Uh, Derrick Henry. Hurt. 
Zeke, Hurt, Aaron Jones, eh, eh. Antonio Gibson, eh. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, <laughs> Stinker. Then you had Eckler, Nick Chubb, eh. and Jonathan Taylor, ding, 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 ding. Then again, you have, you know. Well, Dalvin Cook on. missed five games and was hurt. Yeah, when Dalvin Cook, when Dalvin Cook played, Dalvin Cook was very good. So yeah, you could take those those five that five game absence because when Dalvin Cook played, he basically was a lock to score. So you take you take those five games. I was going to read the other top ten, the top ten in fantasy points for running backs this year, I, yep. and we'll see the we'll see the differences because there are many. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, there are. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Leonard Fournette. Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Coral Patterson, Antonio Gibson. So right there, out of guys that were drafted in the top 10, you have four, five, half, half of that list were drafted in the top 10. When you have Mixon, Najee that just missed the top 10, they were consensus top 15 guys in in, in PPR. Uh, Fournette was drafted in like round six, round seven. Um, James Connor was, I, I don't even know. Was James Connor drafted? Uh, I know. I, could, I, I think I he could was. check that. I think it, he was, he was I drafted in double digit rounds. At least he was drafted in the non colon league. He was drafted, um, in the 10th round by your brother. Okay. Yeah. So double digit rounds. Okay. Then you had Cordero Patterson who absolutely was not drafted. I don't care. No one drafted Cordero Patterson. I don't care what anybody says. If you did, you're lying. So, I mean, the, the, the big takeaway here, I mean, and, and if you want to, before I get to the takeaway, just looking at other guys that just that finished close that really weren't drafted that high. You had Damian Harris in that mix. Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Javante Williams to an extent because he's, he's still he still split it with, with Melvin Gordon, but he still was in the top 20. Uh, for for running backs this year, uh, Devin Singletary. If you were able to, ha- to hang on to him, who uh, you Devin know, Singletary is a surprise. Yeah, if we if we get into like you know who of guys that we could potentially target for next year, I think Singletary is one of those guys that we could definitely uh, definitely talk about. But one of the one of the crazier uh, things is that even with Derrick Henry missing weeks nine to eighteen. Derrick Henry still was the RB twenty two. Like that to be is is just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, that's Derrick, I, that's stupid. Derrick Henry still had a better season than Saquon Barkley, and Derrick Henry missed half the year. Yep, yep, and a better season than Michael Carter. But you know, whatever. But Michael Carter, Michael Carter was time. Michael Carter really wasn't a thing until the the uh, to the end of the year. I mean, if you really want one. Um, Derrick Henry was better in nine games than Miles Gaskin was in 17 games. Yeah. There's one. That is one. I and, mean, and Derrick he, Henry, Derrick Henry just missed David Montgomery. Montgomery was hurt for, for a couple of weeks, but if you look for a guy that played 17 games and was like, is a name value. Derrick Henry was better than Miles Gaskin who played in 17 games. <laughs> Derrick Henry in nine games was better than James Robinson in 14 games. Um, let's look at the 
at the total points because would James Robinson have been better than Henry? So James Robinson had 173.9 in 14 games. Derrick Henry had 194. So probably Robinson would have been better than Henry. Probably. Maybe. What do you mean? If the, if they both play, if Robinson had played a full season, if Robinson had played a full season, then yeah. Like if he, if he was able to suit up against Buffalo, oh, maybe not against Buffalo, probably would, probably would have stunk because Urban Meyer was there. But if he was able to suit up against the Patriots and the Colts, maybe, maybe but that's, that's like, that's going into, uh, into a bit of a, of a fantasy world. Um, yeah. See what I did there? Fantasy world. Yeah. That was, that was very clever. Thank you very much. Um, so I guess one of the, one of the main uh, reflections that I just want, I want to look at here is there's no surefire thing with taking running backs. And I know we talked about this uh, at this point last year, we had basically the same discussion that you're basically just hoping that the guy you take is not going to get injured at some point. So, I mean, if anybody took Derrick Henry, yeah, it, he got hurt. So sucks, you know, you, you got, you got a little bit screwed there, but I mean, if you took, you took Austin Eckler, you took Jonathan Taylor, you took Dalvin cook, you're, you're sitting real pretty. And if you were in round two and you were going to get those round two guys who, by the way, those round two guys were better than the round one guys. I mean, if we just go into round two, Najee Harris, Deandre Swift, Joe Mixon, those guys, Josh Jacobs, even if he was sitting there for you in round two, which I'm absolutely 100% sure that he was. And then even like you go into round three, you're looking at Darrell Henderson, uh, Javante Williams. If, if maybe you hold, you held on to him long enough. Uh, Devin Singletary was, was there as well. Um, you know, those guys were better than, than, than the round one guys, or at least, you know, they, they played more than the, more than the round one guys. So, Look, I'm not trying to sway anybody from taking running back. Well, they're better one. because they played. Right, right. The best the best form of production is being able to play. Simple as that. Because I think we, we would all... It's the best ability is availability. There we go. There we go. Thank you. I mean, you'd rather have a guy put up four points for you and be available than the guy who puts up zero points and is out. Plain and simple. Well, when you're dealing with such slim margins and one guy is better, has better potential for you, but then the other guy is more consistently healthy and actually puts up those numbers, then you're, I'm sticking with the guy who's consistently healthy every time. A hundred percent. You don't win 100%. based on potential fantasy points. That's why I'm such like a risk averse kind of fantasy player. Cause like, Oh yeah, sure. Potential, but you don't win weeks based on potential fantasy points. That's not a thing. No, no, you don't. But, but what I will say is there are, there are such things as necessary risks risks. Yes. You don't take them in round one. And I think this goes into more of like a, a next year discussion is someone like Christian McCaffrey who we're going to talk about a hundred times, a hundred billion times up until August. Is he a necessary gamble? The answer for me is no, he's not. 
We've seen what Christian McCaffrey is at this point. And look, am I saying Christian McCaffrey is done, washed up, finished? No, I'm not. Because there's every chance in the world that Christian McCaffrey goes back to being Christian McCaffrey, has a 2,000-yard season, and finishes as the RB2 or 1. Very possible. Of course it is. That's always in the range of outcomes when it comes to McCaffrey. But if he's the guy that he's been this year and then and last year, you're going to have another team that's going to be washed because you lost your first-round running back. So for me, it's a risk that I personally don't want to take. I don't know. I don't know about you, Adam, and where and where you stand when it comes to to McCaffrey. But uh, for me, it doesn't matter where I'm going to rank him in my own ranks. I'm going to be out on him. I'd like to go by an old adage that you like to say a lot of the time. Let him be somebody else's problem. That's it. That's it. Let him be somebody else's problem. Now, look, if McCaffrey pans out, then he pans out. But You're like, oh, me- shoot. Or, oh, crap. You know, I missed out on Christian McCaffrey. But what if I picked him and he got and he was hurt for the rest of the season again? Exactly. Exactly. Now. This goes into, and this is just another point that um, I want to that I want to make. When we're looking at the number one versus number two guys here, we're looking at Jonathan Taylor. We're looking at uh, Derrick Henry. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor just arrived onto the scene, and Derrick Henry. We know what Derrick Henry is. Jonathan Taylor, we think, is in the ascendancy of his career, whereas Derrick Henry could be on the down because it's like the first major injury that he's had in his in his career. Uh, looked good against the Bengals. Like, I'm not going to say that, that he he didn't. Um, but there's definitely going to be a debate between Henry and Taylor. For me, I, I would take Jonathan Taylor just, be, just because he's got the better offensive line. He's in an offense where they want to run the ball. Same thing as in, as in Tennessee. But the main difference is that he is the guy. He is the focal point. Ryan Tannehill, we've seen, have... 250, 300-yard games. We've seen Carson Wentz have 150-yard games because Jonathan Taylor is getting the ball 30, 35 times. So, Yeah, I mean, was this going to be the third or fourth year in a row where I'm going to say, well, you know, Derrick Henry's usage isn't sustainable. He's going to fall off at some point. Like, it's got to happen. It's going to. Yeah, Father Time. Father Time is undefeated. The human body is the human body. Correct. Unless Derrick Henry installs robot legs over the offseason, he's going to break down at some point. He's going to. Yeah, he, he, he is going to. And, but, but. And running backs that run like he does, you know, it's not sustainable. The longevity isn't there. Mm-mm. No, it's not. But it's Derrick Henry. He's built like a brick shit house, And I think his, his lifespan is probably extended just because of how big he is. That he was a really late can, bloomer. He can absorb. Yeah. And he was also a late bloomer. It's also, that's also a good point, but he, he also can absorb bigger hits than other running backs can. Like, I think a great example of this is someone like Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. He's a smaller guy. He takes bigger hits. Can't really absorb them. And thus it gives him a shorter life, uh, a shorter lifespan for his career. Same thing with someone like Ezekiel Elliott. It, it's much the same thing. But I think when you look at a guy at a guy like Derrick Henry, 
you're looking at a guy who's 6'2", 6'3", 240 pounds. The dude is a brick shithouse. And guys are afraid to tackle him as well. So, you know, I think you you put all those things together. Yes, of course. There's going to be a year where Derrick Henry drops off of a cliff. Of course. It happens with everybody. But is it going to be happening in the near future? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I mean, I, I, I could make a real good case, and I think a lot of fantasy managers can as well, that Derrick Henry should be the number one pick over, over Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think it's a very interesting debate because, of course, there is the old adage that there is, there is not a number one running back that ever repeats as number one. So, you know, if if people think that that Jonathan Taylor is going to repeat as number one running back, then I guess they're, you know, going to, you know, bury themselves there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see if he is able to uh, to repeat. But I, I completely understand those that want to take Derrick Henry because, of course, it's Derrick Henry. Yeah. Derrick Henry just turned 28, actually. Yeah. His birthday yeah. is January 4th. So yeah. he literally just turned 28. He was drafted in 2016. And he was, he was in the committee for the first couple of years of, of his career. Basically, yes. before Mike Vrabel got there, Derrick Henry was in a committee with uh, Cowboys legend DeMarco Murray. Love him. Great guy. I mean, I, just just for, for fun, I want to look at his, his carries year by year. If uh, this will, this will uh, want to load for me. It would be greatly appreciated. Okay. Uh, come on. Load. Load. I don't want to subscribe to NFL.com. So let's look at his carries. 2016, his rookie year, 110 carries. 2017, 176 carries. 20, uh, 2018, 215 carries. 2019, 303 carries. 2020, 378 carries. And then uh, in 2021, 219 carries in eight games. So if you just, if you were to double that, he was on pace for about 400 carries this year, give or take, give or take 400 carries. So the real wear and tear comes in year three to year five, 2018 to 2020. If you think that Derrick Henry, I mean, if you think Derrick Henry is going to be that kind of guy, that's going to be a three. Let's just say, let's take us out for 2020. 378 to 400 carry guy. That's going to be something that he's going to be. And I highly doubt that there's going to be anybody in the NFL. that's going to be close to Derrick Henry. And that number, that number is just a ridiculous, ridiculous number. Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be the closest to that. Cause they're in a run first offense as, as previously mentioned. Um, so I, what I would probably say is you have to go with, uh, you have to go with what your gut says when it comes to, uh, when it comes to number one versus number two, I don't think that there is a wrong answer with with this one, quite frankly. But um, and if you need any comparison here, so if we're saying that Derrick Henry was projected for about 400 carries, Jonathan Taylor had 332 carries this year. So if you needed that uh, comparison, there it is. Yeah, I think the thing with Taylor, it's a tough call. It's a very it really tough call. Is. Really, there's no right answer, I think, for this between Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, unless one of them gets injured for an extended period of time. 
Correct. There is no definitive right answer. We could debate about this until we uh, lose our breath and keel over. There's no right answer. Well, here, here are the two cases for both. This is why they're exactly identical. And Adam, you can, you can add your own input on this as well. They're both 350 carry guys. They're both going to get double-digit touchdowns. They're going to be limited by their PPR upside when they're getting double-digit touchdowns and 350 carries. That doesn't matter. They're in offenses that want to run the ball as much as they possibly can. Am I missing anything? Well, one is older and has more miles, more tread sure. than the other one. Sure. Yes. And, the, and one is coming off of a serious injury. Yeah. But, but, and, and we'll get to somebody else who's coming off of a serious injury who I do want to talk about uh, in a second. Derrick Henry looked good versus the Bengals. I think that that was one of the things that everyone was really looking at was how good did Derrick Henry look? Did he look like himself? And the answer was yes, he did. So that is a beautiful sign that, you know, that he looked like himself because if Derrick Henry had a bad game against the Bengals, people would be saying, oh my God, what happened to Derrick Henry? And they'd be panicked. But Derrick Henry scored. He had a nice game. So he he's not going to be he's not going to be a guy that people are going to panic on necessarily. Yeah, I think I have a feeling as to who this other person is who came off a serious injury that actually looked pretty solid. Well, I mean, against the Bucks, he looked pretty terrible. But here's what I'll say about my my close friend, uh, Cam Akers. Obviously, you know, with running backs and this, this is a reflection as well, but. Guys that are coming off of serious injuries, obviously you want to get a chance to look at. So that that this is a reflection that obviously we did not get to see J.K. Dobbins. We did not get to see Travis Etienne. We did get to see Derrick Henry and we did get to see Cam Akers. What I love and what I and I really wanted to see this with both the Cardinals games and with the Bucks game is I wanted to see how much Cam Akers was going to be involved. Cam Akers was heavily, and I mean heavily, involved versus both the Cardinals and the Bucks. So if I pull up the stat lines for the Cardinals and the Rams games, I don't have the number off the top of my head. So the so for his first game back, that playoff game versus the Cardinals, Cam Akers had 17 carries, 18 touches versus Sony Michelle that had 13. And then if we look at the Rams Bucks game, Sony Michelle had three touches to Cam Akers, 27 touches. And that is with Cam Akers fumbling twice. Oh God. I was about to, Say some very mean things to Cam Akers. If you watch fumble, your mouth. That's my if child. If that fumble was going was gonna to cost them the game, I was going to be very, very mad. It's my child. How dare you watch your mouth. But what I, what I like too, honestly, was that even after the fumbles, they went back to Cam Akers. So they could have very easily sat him. They didn't. Now, 
I'm going to be very curious on Sunday to see what the Rams do. If they go to more of a committee because of the fumbles, or if they still allow Cam Akers to go, because now Darrell Henderson is going to play. That is the, that is the word of the street. Darrell Henderson is going to be back for, for the Rams. If he's back for the Rams and you're talking Henderson, Michelle Akers, I really want to see what that split looks like. And if Akers is still the guy, because you're telling me that Akers is the guy with both Henderson and Michelle readily, readily available. I'll be sold. I'll be sold on Cam Akers. I will put him as a top 12 running back for next year. I have him. I have him right now as my RB 13. I will put him in my top 12, if not my top 10. I think that the fumbles for Cam Akers, it's like, these are his first two games for the entire season. His injury happened in training camp. He didn't even play in the preseason. He didn't play the regular season, obviously. And so this is Cam Akers. This is his first game action in over a year. He's rusty. He's He's rusty rusty in some aspects, but it's also the performance as well that I wanted to see. And Cam Akers has looked good in in both outings. Are they outings that are going to you know blow your socks off? No, no, they're 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 not. Had sixty eight total total yards here. Had ninety yards rushing versus the versus the Cardinals. So. Solid, solid performances. Hasn't scored yet. I didn't think he was that great against Tampa Bay. I feel like every time they gave the ball to Cam Akers, he was always being stopped for two yards. Well, he well he averaged exactly two yards a carry, but yeah, was but was able to get uh, twenty yards receiving for that for that game as well. Um, but it's also against the Bucks and the Bucks run the Bucks the Bucks run defense is much talked about and it is very 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 good. Well, they have some large human beings over there in Tampa Bay. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They have some very, very large males. Yes, they do. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said, if Cam Akers is going to be that guy again with Henderson and Michelle, <laughs> to the fucking moon, baby. To the fucking moon. Well, I'd be interested to see how that game plays out between the Rams and the 49ers. By the way, Cam Akers, I do have my keeper league for a 13th round keeper. Just putting that out there. Is that something that you should do you usually disclose before you have all this ringing praise? Well, I mean, I, I drafted with nine idiots that allowed me to have my child Cam Akers in a keeper league. Yeah. Well, who, the, who knew besides you, apparently, because you're a time traveler? Who, no, I just know my children. I'm a great father. The, who knew that Cam Akers was going to be Cam Akers? Me. When everybody it's thought ridiculous Ta- talent wins. I, I'm aware. Well, really, have, have I said that enough times in this program? Talent wins. Cam Akers needed like two guys to get injured to finally get a shot. Injured? Sonny Michelle wasn't injured. No, I mean the first time. They spent a second round pick on him. They were gonna give him an opportunity. You're talking like Cam Akers was, was the seventh round nobody that just came out of nowhere. Cam Akers was great at Florida State, was a second round pick by the Rams by Sean McVay. Obviously, Sean McVay likes the guy. Yeah, he came but out it of didn't nowhere. Seem, it didn't seem like he was gonna be because you had uh Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown ahead of him. And it seemed and like Cam, Cam, and Cam gonna... Akers is better than both of them. 
And I'm very glad that Sean McVay sees it that way as well. Yes, but it took a while. It took longer than you'd think for him to come to his senses, so to speak. Well, no, not necessarily. Because look at look at Michael Carter. Michael Carter didn't really get a full run as the Jets' number one guy until the end of the year when he was like clearly the number one guy. That was Cam Akers in his first year. This is his second year. Missed the entire season with the Achilles injury. And now that he's back, he's the number one guy. Yeah, well, that's because uh, Michael LaFora likes what he knows. And that was, and he tried to convince people that Tevin Coleman was going to be the lead back for the Jets. Tevin Coleman. Who I've always kind of liked, sort of. Eek. I don't know. Eek. I was like, oh, he's a, he's a cool guy. He always does well whenever Devonta, because I, whenever Devonta Freeman got hurt in Atlanta, Tevin Coleman always did kind of well. Yeah, he was fine. He was fine. Not a number one running back, but he, he was fine. He was fine. No. Um, this is the part of the show that I think everyone wants, everyone wants us to get to. Um, there are two questions that I want to ask you. And we'll start with reflecting, then we'll look ahead. Reflection-wise, who is the one running back that you had this year that you wish you did not have? And we'll say via draft. We'll say via draft. Via draft. Yeah. Okay. One running back that we had that I had that I wish I didn't. Oh, I know mine. It's off in my head. Is it in the co? Is yours in the co-own? No. Oh. Nope. I have to think. I know I, mine is. It, I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. it's Miles Gaskin. You drafted Miles Gaskin in one spot. Yeah, one spot. A super flex. I drafted him in one Beasley spot. Um, didn't you have Miles Gaskin? For like five seconds. Okay, for like five seconds. All right, that's fair. But you didn't draft him, though. No, I did not draft him. I'm, I'm trying curious to think. see who yours is. Would you, would you say Derrick Henry? No, I wouldn't say Derrick Henry. I wouldn't either. Derrick Henry was a great time to have, even if it was nine games. I don't know. Maybe is it? I think I might say Clyde. Uh, that's really, a fair one. I didn't really like having. I didn't like the the volatility and the kind of uncertainty and just him being injured for an undisclosed amount of time. Yeah, it should be his middle name. Take away, take away Edwards and put volatile Clyde volatile there. And yeah, no. If there's anybody I can think, I mean, Chris, Car- I don't know, Chris Carson, he doesn't really count. He barely played. Yeah, he, be, he, he barely played. He barely played. I, I drafted I him as like count. my third running back. Or, yeah. I, I regret that, I trading James count. Robinson to you. Yeah, well, who really won that one? James Robinson did nothing. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, looking ahead now. Who is a guy? And let's just say, like, not a name. So we'll say guys that you won't be taking in like the top two rounds. Who's a guy that you will be looking to draft everywhere next year? Javante Williams. <laughs> He's a second round pick. I hate to break uh, it to you. Man. I hate to break it to you. He's a second round pick. Yeah. I checked ADP. You know what? Let me just let me uh, let me just pull the information up. Fine. I'm going to be biased guy 
and I'm going to say Michael Carter. That was one of mine that I was considering. I'm not even going to lie to you. That is one that I was considering. I'm so, biased, I'm biased guy. Michael Carter. Let's do it. Oh, come on. Come on, fantasy football calculator. They have no... No way. They have no ADP? What? That's ridiculous. Oh. That's... I mean, what, yeah. I mean, what do you think I was going to say? Like, Mike Davis? Come on. I'm really pissed that Fantasy Football Calculator does not have um, any any data up that's that's ridiculous all right so i'll, I'll have to go to the uh, i'll have to go to the backup i'll have to go i'll have to go to my ranks wow that's actually kind of crazy they that they don't have uh they don't have that up well that's not all right so then I'll have, to, I'll have to go to my ranks so i have in my ranks i have javante williams as my as my rb10 just recently moved so he'll be drafted in the second round Okay, so then Michael Carter. Michael Carter, who is going... For me, I have Michael Carter as my RB25. So, just outside my top 50. So, yeah, that's that's an acceptable one. That's an acceptable one. Um, For me, I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell. If the the 49ers do not draft a running back, it's Elijah Mitchell for me. I feel like... Is it crazy to think that Elijah Mitchell could be drafted in the second round in leagues? I have him, I have him right now at 36th overall. So he's probably looking at like round three, round four. So I, I don't think it's that crazy at all. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that, it's that uh, crazy to me. Um, if we're looking a bit deeper here, I think one that I would probably consider is Devin Singletary as well. If Buffalo does not draft the running back, because Devin Singletary right now is my RB thirty-eight. But if they don't draft the running back, I'll move. I'll move Singletary up, and then in longer form leagues, I'm begging and pleading with everybody under the freaking sun in keeper and startup dynasty drafts. Draft Tony Pollard, please. And even if, even if you're holding him for a year, it doesn't matter. Get Tony Pollard because come this time next year, we're going to be talking about Tony Pollard as a top 15 option at the position. I guarantee it, if not top 12. I have a question for you because I'm Shoot. thinking about taking this guy and I want to see, I want to gauge how late I think I might get him. Rashad Penny, waiver wire darling. Yes, yeah, so I have Rashad Penny as my RB34. Sorry, 33. 33. I apologize. 33. RB 33. So is that like what? Mid rounds, like double digits, 73rd overall. Oh, so earlier than I thought. So like seven, eight. Yeah. Probably the cut of the draft round seven, round eight, which is, which is, which is a fine, which is a fine range. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, at that point, you probably drafting Rashad Penny to be your flex or your third running back. Yeah. Which is a good spot for him. Well, I mean, put it this way. I hope you're not drafting Rashad Penny to be your third running back. I hope you have three running backs by that point that are better than Rashad Penny. But if you're looking for a guy that should have some upside, yeah, Rashad Penny is, is, is a good shout. Now, obviously, it comes down to Pete Carroll is still is still there. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? Because with the breaking news of today, who knows what's going My dream. on? Listen, My Sean dream. Payton, can you imagine it? Sean Payton is like, I'm coming back to Dallas. Going back to Dallas. He'd sooner go back to the Giants. I could read you a text that Jake sent me today. And I quote, I will bet you money that Sean Payton is Dallas coach in 2023. He makes a good point. Like most things that Jake writes, I can read that in Jake's voice. Well, he makes a good point because Sean Payton, Jerry Jones has been looking for his Sean Payton for the last 14 years. Now he has the perfect opportunity to get Sean Payton. I mean, come on. He, the amount, of, the amount of years that I've low-key wanted Sean Payton to be the head coach of the Jets, I would fire Robert Sala into the sun to get Sean Payton. You and 30 other teams. Everybody wants Sean Payton. I have Giants fans saying they want Sean Payton. Sean Payton would do so many, so many fun things with Zach Wilson. They are made for each other. The problem is that Jerry Jones will move fucking earth to get Sean Payton, and we all know it. If Jerry Jones can't get Lincoln Riley. Well, I don't think Lincoln Riley wanted the job. Because obviously, you know, he's going from the college to the pros. That's a different story. He doesn't have as much control. But you have a guy like Sean Payton who knows Jerry Jones, who knows Dallas, who li- who's from Dallas, who lives in Dallas. I mean... You want to talk about the stars fucking connecting. I mean, holy shit. And it gives you an opportunity to see Mike McCarthy be an for one more year. Yes. Well, it'd be interesting. I think that really he's, if I mean, he is retiring. That's what, that's what he said. Retiring air quotes. Yeah. This Urban, is like Meyer, a, Urban Meyer's retired too. It's like a Bill Parcells retired. He's like, Urban- yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer retires from Florida and then retires from Ohio State, remember? Yeah, due to health issues. Right, health concerns. Lack of institutional control. I mean, health issues. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's a running back discussion. Obviously, we'll be talking much more about running backs and their uh, their future uh, implications for next year as we uh, go throughout the uh, the year. But next week, we'll be doing wide receivers. And then in two weeks, we'll be doing uh, a lot of Super Bowl stuff. So I think uh, for that, for, su- for Super Bowl week, what I think I want to do is for this show, I think I want to dedicate this show to being more of a, like a, a daily fantasy show for uh, for the Super Bowl. So talking a lot of DFS. And then after the Super Bowl, mock draft. Okay. Uh, this gave me the most relaxed Super Bowl I've watched in a long time. Or two years, basically. No teams I hate are in the Super Bowl. Are going to be in the Super Bowl. Let's go 49ers, because guess what? If the, if the 49ers play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I'm in a bracket challenge where it will be me versus Matt. Again? For... Oh, yeah. If they do that again, I will be so mad. Well, in this bracket challenge, if the 49ers go to the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs, Matt and I would split the the winnings. That's like the That's like the gentleman handshake agreement that we have is regardless, we'd split the winnings and call it a day. I want it to be an everything works out Super Bowl 
from 2018. So we have the rematch of Chiefs Rams. I mean, another a two years we go we go from never having a team to have played a Super Bowl in their home stadium to two two years in a row. Yeah, it's going to have you know, it might have some integrity questions for the from the NFL. And why the fu- why the fuck would you want Stan Kroenke to have a Super Bowl with his team in his house? Or you could have a rematch, or you could have a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl rematch. I'm fine with that as long as it's not E. Stanley Cronky. I mean, it'd be nice to have the Bengals win a Super Bowl. Oh, I love Joe Burrow. He's next Brady. Well, good. He's next Brady. I'm I'm completely convinced. Hey, Joe Burrow is he he's a dog. Oh my God. That's he's special. He's special. If they could just keep keep gradually building, holy shit! Oof, wow. I know that team looks like a wagon. Yeah, that team's yeah, better than are. that's probably the best Bengals team ever. Well, it helps when they have the best quarterback that they've ever had. Sorry, Carson Palmer. Sorry, Andy Dalton. What? No apologies to Boomer. I know Boomer more for the New York Jets because he's, he's a New York guy. We love Boomer. Boomer's, Boomer's the best quarterback the New York Jets have ever had. That's not true. Oh, sorry. Kenny O'Brien. My, 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 my mistake. Boomer was decrepit when he went that to is New York a dis- That is a disgraceful statement. How dare you? We love Boomer. 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 I love Boomer. Boomer and Cotton. I love Boomer, but no. I love no. Boomer. I love Boomer. No, that Boomer's great, but he was old when he came to the Jets. Boomer is best known for his exploits with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, yes, he is. And almost winning the Super Bowl, if not for the greatest quarterback of all time. You're out of your mind. Tom Brady was not playing that. Nor did he play for San Francisco 49ers. You're crazy. I honestly, okay, I am making this announcement right now. That if Tom Brady announces his retirement in the next few weeks, that day, Adam, we are doing a podcast and you are just, you're doing the show on your own. I'm just here for emotional support. I will be so happy. I will be popping. I will let you have it. I will let you have it and I will just sit here. I will sit here and just let you go. That's my promise to you. Okay. So hopefully okay. it doesn't happen, and hopefully Tom Brady comes back next year. Well, if he does, if he doesn't come back next year, man, oh man, are the Bucks fucked? I know. Oh well, I goodness. mean, they're good. they're base. They're still a quarterback away. They were a quarterback away before Tom Brady got there. True. And there will qu- be a quarterback away if he retires. Correct. Correct. But hopefully hopefully Tom comes back because we love Tom. I mean, if they get if they get a competent guy in there, like Teddy, Br- you bet Teddy Bridgewater on that team would be really good. Maybe. Maybe. I think a lot, I think a lot of people are just very, uh, very done with uh, – with Teddy Bridgewater. 
or like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins on that team would be pretty good. Huh. Now that, now that's interesting. That's interesting. You can give Kyle Trask another year if they think that he's like, if he's the guy. And then the Vikings can start Jake's boy, Kellen Mond. True, true. We all know we all know Mike Zimmer did not like Kalamon. So Mike Zimmer's gone. Thank no, God. he really didn't. No. Like he actively hated Kalamon. Well, because Kalamon was too exciting for Mike Zimmer. I don't know what's so gonna I- happen if, if Mike Zimmer goes to the Giants and Mike Zimmer has has Daniel Jones at his disposal. My God, Daniel Jones could be limited to just being a pocket passer and he is gonna suck. More than usual. More than he already More than has. Usual. More than usual. But it's gonna be Brian Dable, I'm sure. Or Sean Payton. Uh, from what I understand, it's Brian Dable. Like that's that's uh, like the that's, guy. Okay. Just because just because the guy they hired was from uh, Buffalo. That's true. He's season GM in Buffalo, so you know connect the two. It makes sense. So like the guy from uh, from Bears they hired their GM is from the Chiefs. So obviously they're linking him with Beanie Emmy, but. Oh my God! The city of Chicago would actually riot if there is another Chiefs offensive coordinator that comes in and takes over as head coach of the Chicago Bears. They would flip. I know. I'm sure they're just like, why do you keep hiring people from the Chiefs? Who Who do you think they'd rather have, Eric Bieniemy or Jim Caldwell, who they're being linked to heavily? I think they'd rather have Jim Caldwell, probably, and that says a lot. Is how done they are with anything associated with the Kansas City Chiefs. Jim Caldwell is not even a bad coach. No, he's not. He's not a bad coach at all. I think he's he'd not. actually be a sensible hire. Jim Caldwell got fired for going 10 and 6. Yes. Yes. Jim Caldwell wins games. He wins games. He steadies the ship. He brings stability. That's what the Bears need. They need a guy who's going to just. Like everyone I spit around the place. Yes. Uh, I believe the term is be an adult in the room. Be an adult. Yes. Be an adult. Correct. Correct. Well, with that said, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>